Hello, listener, and welcome to Straight Shot Health Talk. This is the podcast that provides honest and straightforward information about health, wellness, and how to survive our crazy healthcare system. This is for people who want to focus on getting well instead of just treating symptoms. Sound like you? Then let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kevin, and today we're going to be talking about procedures and prescriptions and solutions that are recommended in medicine and in alternative medicine, uh, which have been shown to be no better than placebo. Now, I don't want to put anybody off here, all right, Be with, with saying, you know, there's a lot of feeling regarding some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about, some of these alternative medicines I'm going to be talking about. We're also going to be talking about some traditional medical therapies as well and placebo. Now, first thing I want to say about placebo is while we're we're talking about it um, and we're going to use it as a comparison for for effect or whatever, placebo is, is way, way more powerful than we give it credit for. OK, much, much, much more powerful. And um, there's a number, number of studies on it. There is a physiologic effect, meaning placebo has an effect on your body. Okay, this is not just something that we go, oh, it didn't do anything. No, placebo has powerful health effects. It has powerful effects on your body uh, for people who want to kind of pull apart the brain and the body and pretend that they're not separated at all. Placebo affects your body. Uh, and it is also related to another, um, it's, it's kind of evil cousin or evil brother, evil twin brother, which called it nocebo. And nocebo is like voodoo. It's the, the harm that can be caused to your body uh, based upon um, believing whether or not a treatment is going to work. All right, so placebo is extraordinarily powerful. I am not discounting it. And I certainly don't want anybody to think that there's something wrong with placebo. In fact, what the really the, the key that we need to be looking at more is understanding placebo in such a way so that we can harness the powers that it that actually provides as well as to minimize the harms of its evil twin brother, nocebo, to promote health and to do it in an ethical manner. All right, so that is a future episode there. All right. So for this episode, though, we're just going to be talking about um, what people talk about with medical therapies being no more effective than placebo or not. And the top reason this came up is because I get all these health alerts in my email every day. It clogs up my email quite often. And so some of these are from uh, medical websites and they provide like kind of a, a daily brief and they say this study does this or a new study released on XYZ, and they cover all sorts of different topics. Now, I obviously get a lot of pain ones, but I also get a lot of health ones, and I get some general ones. And um, This one in particular was talking about a new study that just came out uh, on uh, homeopathy. And this was a major Australian study where they basically did a systematic review of, I mean, this is a huge systematic review, over 1,800 papers. And then that's the first thing. They first have to find all these papers and then have to kind of slog through them and find out ones which are just total garbage uh, because there's a lot of garbage studies that are published. Um, and then they found 225 studies that they actually included that, that had, uh, you know, met the criteria that had good scientific protocols, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And overall, what these studies showed or demonstrated uh, was that homeopathy really didn't have any greater effect than placebo. Okay, again, so their thing was, well, in Australia, you shouldn't have it and we shouldn't pay for it and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Now, homeopathy, for those of you who don't, who don't know it, is this, um, it's an old, old style of alternative medicine created in like 1796 uh, on this idea of like cures like. And, and what they basically say is that if you dilute uh, a toxin or a poison and dilute it, dilute it, dilute it, uh, and we know that that particular toxin or sub- substance in full doses uh, could cause diseases or hurts healthy people, then in these micro doses, uh, it'll cure people who are sick, right? And, and it's almost sort of a way like a vaccination, except it doesn't work like, except it doesn't work like a vaccination because in a vaccination, we actually have the particulars and you're, you're uh, inject them in the body and then you're developing an immune response because you actually have that little antibody or that little antigen in your body and then your body actually develops an, a systemic attack and uh, goes after it and then it learns from that exposure to it creating antibodies that are used in the future. Now with homeopathy that doesn't happen and one of the reasons that happens is because uh, they dilute this stuff so much these toxins and poisons to the point where they're no longer even present within the water alcohol in which, this, which they dilute them in. Uh, they dilute them literally like I don't remember it's thousands of times or whatever but you you can't even with cutting edge sophisticated uh, technology there's no trace of the substance left now practitioners of homeopathy say that that changes the ionic structure whatever the molecules and blah 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 Um, my argument with that is unless you have been mixing this stuff in outer space in an airless environment where there's absolutely, you know, these, these clean, clean rooms of which, um, you know, sometimes they, I think they do this with computer chips, but where there's no dust, there's nothing else in the room that can fall into, uh, your, your, whatever you're, you're diluting that water or that alcohol, you're going to get pieces of dust in there and dust is, you, you know, it's composed of human skin and, those little microscopic bugs that live in our eyebrows and hair that poop everywhere and cause all that stuff. So you're going to have all this other junk that is being diluted at the same time. So it's not a pure dilution and there's all this other stuff in there, uh, which, which apparently isn't causing an effect. So how would you actually have this dilutionary effect that can't be seen, that doesn't change ionic bonds, et cetera. So you're basically drinking water. Now, I will also say I have taken a homeopathic regimen in the past. This was a long time ago before medical school. And I have seasonal allergies. Every spring I get allergies. And depending on where I am and how how wet it was, those can be either annoying to really, really, really annoying. And uh, I think I was in college at the time. And so I was going through the, the aisle and I saw this homeopathic regimen on those, you know, when you're going through the grocery aisle and I tried it. It was a little pill or something. And guess what? I felt better. All right. So I had an expectation it was going to work and I felt improved. All right. So there's there's people will feel better or can feel better by taking this stuff. But the, the reason that we do these actual studies is we want to know whether there's an actual physiologic effect that's involved or there's there's something above and beyond just an expectation that you're going to get better. All right. Because that expectation, that positive expectation which is in a lot of ways what placebo works. It works like this by this positive expectation, expecting good things to occur that does result in a physiologic response. As I said, there is, I have studies on the neurobiology of this, how you know it's involved with dopamine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it goes through your body. And uh, there is a real physiological effect with this stuff. Um, but it, it's not because of the substance, this homeopathic substance that you're taking. It's because of your positive expectation. All right. So... Australia does this thing. Homeopathy is now, uh, they're saying again, this actually comes up periodically. It says it doesn't, it's no better than placebo. We shouldn't pay for it, et cetera. Well, what about other 
types of alternative therapy. Well, there was another one that just came out on acupuncture and just like homeopathy, um, you know, acupuncture has some interesting ideas behind it that opens meridians at things and, and people have had real positive effect with it. I've literally also been poked with acupuncture needles and it was a, one of the weirdest things. I got um, the person poked a, uh, a needle into my wrist and, and asked me what I felt and I actually felt like this kind of kind of warm sensation running up my arm from from where the needle was stuck in uh since you feel something and then actually when i was in the military i was trained on something called auricular acupuncture which is where we put these little ear tacks little tacks in your ear and certain things and um that has actually been used on the battlefield where you know uh, they train these corpsmen and people have been shot and etc and they put these little tacks in their ears and um once again people seem to get benefit from it now this study though on acupuncture that just was published in uh, this journal, the month, March, uh, ep, March, yeah, the March issue of the Clinical Journal of Pain um, showed it really comes down to this expectation again, because what was really brilliant about this is they randomized people before they knew it was going to occur, All right? Most studies, they actually tell them what the study's about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have this treatment or not. And so you're going to have a washout of people who do not expect or don't, who, who really don't want to participate because they don't believe in the therapy. And this one, they, they did it different. And they had people enrolled before they knew exactly what they were getting into. So you had people that were going into this acupuncture arm that not only had positive expectations of it, believed in it and thought it would, you know, it would be okay, but had negative expectations who didn't think it would work. And what they found then as they kind of went through the study is that expectation, either a positive expectation, they were expecting good things to happen, or a negative expectation, they were not expecting anything to happen or worse, had the effect. That's where the effects seemed to be. So if you really thought acupuncture was going to do something, surprise, it actually did. You felt better. It, it, it improved your pain, etc. And if you didn't think it was going to work, it did not. All right. Now, here's the thing, though. This is not just a question of homeopathy or acupuncture or any sort of war on alternative medicine. And what we really should be doing is taking these same ideas and presenting them and if we're going to say we're not going to pay for for homeopathy and acupuncture in healthcare, and I'm not saying either way that they should be paid for or not be paid for, let's look at other medical therapies and say, hey, should we or shouldn't we paying for these? And one of the ones I'm going to talk about is knee arthroscopy. Now, what is knee arthroscopy? That's that surgery. Um, it's pretty. I mean, it's really really common. It's when people go in and they have these quick procedures. You know, these quick surgeries. They're in and out. They're usually done in the surgical center. And they, the, the surgeon takes a small camera. So you go in and you go into the surgical suite and then they cut a little hole and they poke this camera in. They take a peek and look around in your knee. And you may be saying, they go, that's it. And I'm going, yeah, mostly that's just about what they do. Now they'll also take these little grinding things and they pour them in there and they sort of grind around and grind around or whatever. But that is quite literally it. And they do these things to look around um, or maybe they say you have bone spurs that need to be ground down that's going to make your pain or maybe you have you know some mild tears in your meniscus and that we need to grind those down etc 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 and i'm literally talking we're hundreds of thousands of these particular surgeries are done every year so a brilliant surgery or a brilliant study was done a long time ago 2002 uh, that took people for who were going to have this this arthroscopic surgery and who had arthritis in their knees right so arthritis meaning they think they had a lot of bone spurs and uh, inflammation in that joint for knee arthroscopy 
Now, what was awesome about this particular study is they ran the whole gamut. So they didn't just take a group and had the, had the surgery and then compare them to people who didn't. They did the whole ritual. And the ritual means they went in and they had the, you know, the pre-op visit and they went into, they had to change into the gown and they had to sit in the pre-op holding area and they had to have someone put in an IV and get evaluated and then they had to go back and be put to sleep with anesthesia. And then when the surgery was done, when they were randomized, some people had the surgery, meaning they cut, they poked the cameras in and did it. And the other ones, they basically went in, put them to sleep, and they cut their knee like they did the surgery, but they didn't do the surgery. All right. And then they took them out and then they ran them through their standard um, postoperative regimen and they compared them. And what they found was that those people who had the surgery, I mean, went in to grind those bone spurs and look around or whatever, did exactly the same as the people who didn't have the surgery, meaning the people who just had the little nicks but thought that they were getting the operation done. All right. Uh, this has actually since been repeated, and yet we're still doing hundreds of thousands of knee arthroscopies a year. Now, there was another study that was done with knee surgery where they compared just the surgery to physical therapy, this wasn't the, the, the you know, completely controlled. It wasn't as quite as a brilliant design as that other study where the people thought they were getting their surgery, but they just compared them to people who had the surgery and then the people who just had physical therapy. This one also was from arthritis to the knee. Uh, and then with um, one difference, they also had meniscal tears. The meniscus is being a little kind of patty sheet thing on your knee that makes it, it kind of keeps it moving well and people will tear those. And uh, they have these knee arthroscopies done where they grind away the little chunk of meniscus and that's supposed to help them. Well, this particular study where they compared people who had that surgery to those who just had physical therapy showed that um, the, the people who did physical therapy did just as well as the people who had done surgery. All right. All right. So yet we are still doing hundreds and hundreds and thousands of knee arthroscopies yearly. And the problem with this is if this is a placebo effect, again, if people are having an expectation that is going to provide benefit, because I'm sure there's people and there are probably even people listening to this that may have had a knee arthroscopy and said, you know what? You're crazy. I, it worked. I feel good. And I'm saying is may have more to do with your expectation that was going to provide benefit. And that is powerful. And I'm not saying discount that in any way. Keep that positive expectation. But what if we could do it in a way that we didn't have the risks associated with surgery, right? Because every time you have a surgery done, there's the risk of anesthesia right? When people are put to sleep, it's, it's, not a, it's not a game. I mean, there's some serious things that can happen with that. And you have the risk of surgery. So if you're poking something into a knee joint, there's risk of infections. Uh, they can hit blood vessels, et cetera. So there's a risk with the surgery. Um, and if it's no better than placebo, then why are we paying for the surgery? Why don't we harness that expectation? Now, it's not just homeopathy. It's not just acupuncture. It is not just knee surgery for osteoarthritis or mild meniscal tears. Um, if you also start looking at things like epidural steroid injections, which is one of my favorite things to pick on in which um, I am happy to pick about because when people say, well, you actually don't do that, that stuff and you can't pick on the surgeons because you're not a surgery, surgeon and you don't understand blah, 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 which is a frankly stupid argument, but which I used to use in the past um, when I was a strong believer in injections. I have done these injections. I have done thousands of these injections and I have a lot of experience with these injections and guess what when you look at the evidence for them they're really no better than placebo either all right and I have seen placebo effects where people would jump off the table having an epidural steroid injection and the way I did mine is I would just put steroid 
and saline and inert fluid in them. I didn't put local anesthetic in like a lot of people do because I at least knew that the evidence didn't support local anesthetics, local that numbing medicine in the epidural for pain. Okay, we're not talking about labor epidurals, but for pain, uh, it was just associated with complications. But I've literally have seen people jump off the table after an epidural saying, oh, my pain is gone. We're talking within seconds to minutes after the epidural is done. Right. And the steroid and the steroid injection actually takes several hours before it even starts having any sort of physiologic effect. Right. So a powerful expectation um, that this was going to help. All right. Well, people say, well, you know, a steroid is better than a back injection, except for the fact that steroids, the more steroid injections seem to lead to more back surgeries. They do not spare people from surgery, despite what people say. They do not keep people off medications. Um, in fact, the areas that have the most amount of steroid injections have the most amount of surgeries. All right. And again, people will say, well, I get better with it and it makes me feel better. I'm saying it has much more to do with, at least what the evidence strongly suggests, it has much more to do with the expectation that is going to do something. So rather than throwing it out and saying, well, it's just placebo, let's say, hey, let's harness that powerful expectation of getting better and and attach it to something else, something that doesn't have potential risk. And people, you know, epidural steroid injections are, again, they are not, not risk-free. There's a potential risk of infection, yeah, rare, um, except for the fact when the medication is tainted, like it was in 2012, when, you know, pain specialists were injecting fungal tainted steroid into people's spines, uh, in which I can't remember how many people died from that. And there was hundreds of people that were infected with fungus in their spine, which is extremely difficult to treat with a procedure that really doesn't do much more than placebo. All right. So what else can we talk about here that has been not shown to be really much better than placebo? Oh, how about spine surgery? My, my favorite topic here and um, uh, one that I've been talking about lately more and more uh, spine surgery, there's been no good placebo head-to-head -head trials like they did with this this knee surgery where they actually took them back and actually did the incision and tell them they did the operation, etc. Um, but when you look at the overall results with this rapidly increasing procedure, spine fusion is increasing, increasing, increasing. It, the, these operations are 40, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 dollars or more because then instead of doing the simple operations, they're doing the more complex, much more complex uh, surgeries implanting more hardware in. Um, and if you look at the the uh, the evidence for these, people aren't doing any better. All right. So overall, what I got out of this when I see these kind of things is is people will latch on to this. You know, some hardcore people will say, all right, well, we know homeopathy is junk science and it's, it's no better than placebo and people shouldn't be doing it. But if you take that same mythology and you take that same idea that if it's placebo, we're going to throw it out, then there are many, many more expensive, many, many more dangerous procedures, many more procedures that um, cost the country millions, if not billions of dollars a year. I mean, if you look at back surgery alone you know, or back pain alone, we're spending close to $100 billion a year in treating back pain, uh, a lot of it with these surgeries, injections, etc. Then let's at least be... Um, morally honest here and a little bit congruent with what we're saying. All right. So if people are going to say, well, we don't want to use homeopathy because it's a placebo response and we don't want to use acupuncture because it's a placebo response, then why are we paying for things like knee arthroscopy for osteoarthritis, epidural steroid injections for back pain and spinal fusion for the treatment of back pain? All right. Now, if you guys are interested, we can do an entire episode on the placebo response as well, because that is absolutely uh, fascinating. 
and it also leads in with nocebo and nocebo is is the evil twin again of placebo is the harmful effects also generates a uh, goes through different wiring in our bodies also has a different physiologic response um and there's ways that that can actually be generated in some kind of scary ways just by the way that physicians talk to you you know the way we actually speak to you can influence a nocebo response if we can kind of implant either false expectations or um or suggestions of harm that often happens with things like MRIs when we tell you that your pain is from a bulging disc or it's from, uh, you know, osteoarthritis in your back and you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Your pain is only going to get worse. I have some horrible stories about nocebo responses in people. It literally were these prophecies, these self-fulfilling prophecies that took place over decades. Um, we can do an episode on that. And if you are interested, you just can email me at drkevin at straightshothealth.com. Or any other comments or whatever, you can let me know. Um, and until next time, stay well. 